our breeding of course is absolutely vital and the big, big, big advantage when I started doing breeding in Kildartan we were doing half-bred cows from the freezing herd but we hadn't the data the data we have now is phenomenal we have the data from the ICBF we have the suckler cow report we have the bull terminal indexes replacement indexes we have all that data in front of us Hello and welcome to the Beef Edge the Chagas Beef Podcast for all your latest news, information and advice for Irish beef farmers I'm Catherine Egan, and on this week's episode, I'm joined by John O'Connor from Kildalton Agricultural College, manager of the Suckler Beef Unit, Beef Skills Technician and Placement Officer to get an update on the farm, and Joe Day, teacher in Kildalton, to get an update on the upcoming Open Day. John, it's been a difficult summer across the country. How is grass being managed at the moment in Kilkenny? Without a doubt, it has been very difficult. Um... We started very well in the spring. We got the cows and calves out very early, late January, and we had a fantastic month of February. Ground conditions very good, no rain, and um, we we had about probably 34 or 5 cows calves out by late February. And then March came then, and it started to rain, and it got very wet for the whole month of March. And it actually uh, put a lot of pressure on the system. We probably made a slight mistake. We should have we should have put a few brought some of the cows and calves back in. Uh, by not doing that, we were gone ahead of our spring spring planning. We probably gone into our second round of grazing a week too early, and I put us under a bit of pressure in the month of April. And then May came actually came very dry, and we we were very tight for grass, so we had to put the cows and the cows on silage for two weeks. And to slow down the grazing. Uh, then, as you know, the rain came, and uh, we have plenty of grass at the moment, uh, but ground conditions not not good. Typically, you're more used to drought this time of year compared to rain, John. It's complete opposite this time last year. This time last year, we were had absolutely no grass. Uh, we're feeding silage. Uh, this time, we have plenty of grass, but the, the grazing conditions it, it, it are difficult, without a doubt. Some of the paddocks are getting a lot of rain coming and the damage being done in the, in the paddocks. And I say the cows and calves are going through the grass a bit quicker now than we would rather not to be because there's not, there's not as much feed and value in the grass. Most definitely. What's the plan for the coming month in relation to grass on the farm, particularly with building covers? The, the calves are on meal at the moment and we're hoping to, to wean in the next two weeks. So that's the plan with the calves. So by doing that then, we can restrict the cows. The cows are in very good condition at the moment. So we do wean early. Some people say we do probably be early, but it works well for us. How do you go about the weaning process on the farm, John? At the moment, is 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 very easy. Uh, with the creep gates, some margin you wean on all the calves and graze in front of the cows. And then we will, um, all we do in that situation then is um, uh, just leave them in and out. And then on that day, we might close the gates and leave them out for, Lock them out, lock them out, lay out the calves for eight hours, and then lay them back in. And when it comes to weaning, it actually works very well. Now, the only thing we'll decide on the weaning is the weather conditions. We don't like weaning in wet weather because the wood, the cows will do a lot of damage in one side of the paddocks, and the calves will do another bit. If the weather dries up, we will do it. That's that's the only thing. Might decide what day. It could be three or four days of difference. That's why we would wean. We don't want to damage the paddocks either. So what we do then, after weaning then, we divide the calves, take the heifer calves from the bull calves. So instead of having one group, we'll have three groups. We'll have the calves grazing in front of the cows, the cows cleaning up behind the calves. we have one group of bull calves and one group of heifer calves. Breeding season is well and truly over at this stage. Have you scanned yet or how has performance been? 
Uh, the breeding season went very, went very well. Uh, we had scanned last week. Uh, very happy with results. Um, I think there's 50, we had 51 cow, uh, cows in calf over 53. And we had uh, two heifers not in calf over 11. So with two cows not in calf and two heifers not in calf. What we're very happy with the scan was the, uh, we reckon we're working out the charts there. 95% of the cows will calve in six weeks next spring. Our calving compact is getting better and better every year. So we're very happy with that. We're starting to calve around the middle of January. I think there's only two or three cows showing up scanning early March. So we will be, most of the calving will be done by late February. That's excellent, John. Yeah, just, they went very well this year. Our calving went well as well in the springtime. We, uh, we had, um, I think we ended up with a calf per cow, one calf per cow. We lost one calf and we had one set of twins. So our calving went very well this year as well. Very good. And you finished bulls back in May. How did they perform? Yeah, we done uh, we, well. We done the young bulls. We always the young bulls in um, in every year we killed the young bulls in May. So we done twenty nine of them this year. With with a lot more than the normal. Usually were twenty four or five. But we done twenty nine of them. Uh, uh, probably with the last summer, they weren't as good winning weights that we expect them to be, and they weren't as good. Uh, when we're starting on about the things about the middle of February on that lib meal, the tenth of February, but that mid meal they're only four forty one kilos lightweight. And we want to be around four sixty there. But when we when we slaughtered them, an average slaughter weight was six sixty one lightweight. Uh there were three ninety three kilos dead weight. We we always aimed there about four hundred kilos, but they're slightly back this year. Um the um they killed out quite well, the fifty nine point five percent and um and the carcass weight three ninety three. The average two thousand one hundred and twenty euros. The only slight disappointment with that probably the bulls this year when we start killing them the first week of May they were at a base price of five thirty. When we're finishing killing them on the last of May they were base price of five euros, which is unusual because usually they go up in price, but this year they were going down in price every week. But overall they've done quite well. They actually in the last hundred days they pound two point zero six kilos, which was quite good. That was great. How are you managing them over the last 100 days? They're just an ad-lib meal and straw. Ad-lib meal and straw. That's what they're at. What type of concentrates were they getting, John? We're feeding a super bull ration. A super bull ration. That's what we're feeding. And uh, um, we're, we're quite happy. We, you know, we changed uh, this year. We just went to a kind of a, a, a specialised bull ration for doing the bulls, where there was a lot of maize in that ration. That was great performance. In comparison, how are this year's calves performing at the moment? Do I answer your question, Catherine? Uh, if you look at them, they're a fantastic group, a very even bunch of calves. But we have no weights for them. We will have them now for the open day. We'll have them when we wean them. We'll have the weights for them. We'll have and we'll put the weights up for skips as well in the program. So we'll be weaning them next two weeks. So we'll have the weights. But if you look at them as a bunch of calves, they look they look as even bunch of calves we had for a long time. They look very good. A lot of listeners will have seen the cow, her heifer and bull weaning at the Ploughing Championships last year. How did they perform this year, John? Yeah, they're, they're done very well. Um, we had weights for them when we are doing them, but the, the the heifer herself was at the Ploughing match. She, she, we had her in a couple of times there doing practice with students. She's over 700 kilos now. She was an exceptional heifer out in the cow. Uh, the, that cow has another fantastic heifer calf this year, so... She'd be kept for breeding next year. So, they, yeah, they're doing quite well. And she had, she had a lovely calf that, that heifer had. So they're all still there in the herd, yeah. And that cemental heifer was going to calve at 24 months to the sire LM2014. 
Yeah, she, 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 she was, she kept a two-year-old. Yeah, so that she was, she was smashing calf as well. So we'll have, we'll have that very, we will have the animal probably on display for the open day. As many listeners may know, you'll be retiring in the coming month. What are the big changes that you've seen over your time in Kildalton College? Yeah, there were a lot of changes. Um, I suppose the the biggest change overall time. I suppose them. Look at the wood sucklers. It's you have to do the job very well. And suppose four or five things. Five things I will say that makes a profit in the unit. The one of number one is animal health, and the vaccination programs were brought in, so we have more healthy animals. So by having healthy animals, you have more live animals. So that, that animal health would be a very important one. Our breeding, of course, is absolutely vital. And the big, big, big advantage when I started doing breeding in Kildarton, we were doing half-breed cows with, uh, from the freezing herd. But we hadn't the data. The data we have now is phenomenal. We have the data from the ICBF. We have the suckler cow report. We have the bull bull terminal indexes, replacement indexes. We have all that data in front of us. And when we're selecting heifers for breeding, selecting bulls, we had that. When I was buying a bull 20 years ago, I had no data on look, actually looking at the bull. When we're picking our AI bulls, we have the data we have now, so that's a massive change. I suppose the grassland management then has is, is has improved fantastic, and that's down to you know doing the pasture base grass measurement, receding, um, keeping the the soil indexes right. So that has that has that's a major improvement, and I suppose the most important thing I suppose is calves per cow. We, like if you you have to have with the soccer game, you nearly want to be doing have a calf per cow. Uh, some years we had bad years. We had one year, the worst year we ever had was 0.83 calves per cow. We're in the last five or four or five years, we're doing that target. So calves per cow, calving interval, a, a compact calving is very important. I, when I remember the worst we were calving, um, we were probably calving over 16 weeks. And we had a lot of losses as well. Uh, and the other thing is, have the data is brilliant. Having the easy calving with the bulls, you know, hard cabin bulls versus easy cabin bulls. But it's not all down to the easy cabin bulls versus hard, hard cabin bulls as well. It's very important where you feed the cow. And we learned that over the years. The last few years, we have made a massive effort the way we feed the cow five or six weeks before calving and just before calving. And that has made a massive difference. When we were calving, say, 20 years ago, our average birth weight was always 50 kilos or more. Uh, now we're down to about 43 or 4. And that's down to keeping the cow. And by having a lighter calf at birth, you won't have more live calves. And they do make up the way as they go along. Uh, I suppose the last thing that made a big difference in our unit was converting to bull beef properized, proper putting more money into our pocket because for 12, I think 12 years ago we were doing the bull beef. We were able to increase the cow numbers a bit because we hadn't them animals for the second summer. The steer beef worked fine, but the money, the profit weren't in it as what we're doing with the bull beef. Now, and then in the last couple of years, I suppose, what's the big challenges at the moment is the price of ration and the price of fertilizer. In- inputs are going way up. That's that's the challenge at the moment. From all your years passing on your passion of farming to students and many moons ago since you started in Rockwell College, what do you get the most satisfaction from? Well, I was very lucky with the staff. All the staff I worked with over the years, I worked with top-class staff and, and students. I really enjoyed working with the students. And um, it's actually very easy to teach uh, beef because when when you're teaching something that that, that people are in, are interested in doing, it's very easy to do it. And you often get plenty of good feedback. And you always, sometimes you're getting phone calls um, when they have a, a problem or maybe a, a looking for advice. 
I, I enjoyed that part of it. And, and, and the people I worked with were over the years had been phenomenal. Uh, the enjoyment look at look as nice that when you're running the suck herd and getting the the weights for getting the average daily gain and and all the weights for getting and looking at them going away, the quality animals um, and and so on. So all uh, with the students, um, student numbers have increased an awful lot since I started in Rockwell up to now. The, the student numbers have increased threefold. Like like when I started even killed out in two thousand and one. We 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 have double our CIA number since that. Now we have second year courses. We have SETU uh, Warford. Them numbers have increased an awful lot, and um, you know the, the, there's a massive demand. And the students are lucky; they have so many options when they do the courses now. There are a lot of different options. Where maybe 30, 40 years ago, it was just a level five, and and they live it maybe, and then go back home farming. But now there's so many options; it's phenomenal for them. Thanks very much, John. And you're hosting an open day on the 8th of September. Joe, can you tell listeners about it? So on the Friday, the 8th of September at half past two, uh, we'll be welcoming um, farmers into Kildalton to look at our um, suckler beef herd. So it will be, um, there'll be some stands and some uh, demonstrations um, as well as some information points. So it's going to start with um, three stands in the, the fields uh, coming in the avenue just by the car parks where we're going to initially have John O'Connor and Martina Harrington, the beef specialist, um, outlining our production system and um, some of the progress made over the last five years in particular in terms of breeding and um, financial and physical performance and um, a, a big focus there on, I suppose, um, incre- increasing our uh, breeding indices and uh, as John referred to earlier, uh, calves per cow um, as well as uh, live again will be the focus there a little bit of focus as well on um, cow type and, and uh, selection of bull on the second stand we'll have uh, Jamie Cahill a colleague in Kildalton College and Austin Flavin um, a dry sack advisor um, who'll be looking at uh, the management of the grass and the soil fertility and how that has been I suppose how that has evolved over the last five years in Kildalton so we'll be showing figures of how much we have been growing and uh, where improvements have been made and um, the result of some investment in soil fertility and on the third stand um, we're going to have a representative from Borbia um, Terry Carroll, a dry stock advisor, um, and myself, and we'll be looking at cost returns and market outlook. So uh, we'll be looking at, um, I suppose, financial and physical performance from the Kildalton herd, both the calf to beef and the, the suckler herd, as well as looking ahead into the autumn for those, um, I suppose, crystal ball gazing in terms of um, um, winter finishing prospects, uh, where they're at, maybe what they can uh, afford to go as far as when, when, when buying animals for winter finishing, and just at the whole area of putting a budget together um, to try and aid them in that process. So that's the, the third stand there, cost returns and, and market outlook. Um, we then will, uh, that'll take about three quarters of an hour or so, Catherine. So we'll, we'll invite the, the people that are attending up into the yard at that stage and there'll be a number of demonstrations or they can engage with people. So my colleague Declan Byrne will have one on um, fencing, um, roadways, um, uh, water trucks, infrastructure on, on dry stock and uh, farms. Um, he's some very, very good um, displays there. Um, and we also have colleagues um, from um, looking at uh, buffers and margins um, when applying uh, nutrients to ground, both chemical fertilizer and slurries. So we've got Summers there from the ESSA program. And we'll also have colleagues there from the Signpost program. And we'll also have um, a representative from Don Meats there um, looking at the selection of animals um, for slaughter so I suppose the big emphasis there and having the correct fat cover um, so we'll, we'll probably be using our um, heifers at grass at that point because we'll have a number of them going for slaughter from September to November so th- that'll be a big focus on one of those demonstrations the s- selection of live animals for slaughter um, then we'll invite them just up to into a third area where 
there'll be a selection of um, people and stands that you can approach about different topics such as the SCEP program, um, wide range of stuff there in terms of energy on farms, uh, forestry, organics, and bee um, board B will represent in terms of quality assurance. Uh, we'll have someone from Animal Health Ireland there, um, as well as um, representatives from some of the, the breeding companies. And uh, some, a new focus there will be on the um, changes in legislation in terms of use of quads and farms. So we'll have someone there um, covering that off with a little bit of demonstration and, and update on the, the, how that might, new legislation might affect them on their farm, um, as, as well as a range of other stands. So look, there's three parts to it. The, the initial stands in the field will be, the, I suppose, the traditional format of um, give, uh, um, uh, I suppose sharing information there'll be some visual and physical demonstrations as you come up through the, the yard and at, at the top of the yard um, in, a, in, a, in the new farmyard um, extension we'll have uh, individual stands where people can approach um, some specialists or, or some advisors on given areas and get more information that uh, might be very relevant to, to their dry stock farm so it's half past two on uh, Friday the 8th September That's great Joe and we look forward to attending the farm walk on the 8th of September at 230 Thanks very much, John, for all you have done. It has been a pleasure working with you and I wish you all the best of health and happiness on your retirement. Thank you. That's all for this week's episode and my thanks to John and Joe for joining me on the show. You can catch up on all other shows and interviews from the Beef Edge podcast on the Chagas website at chagas.ie or you can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe so you never miss a show. For all other updates from our Beef programme, Keep an eye on our Twitter and Facebook pages. Until next time, I'm Catherine Egan and thanks for listening.